You're listening to the Behavioral Wealth Podcast with Dr. Dan Pallison. Dr. Dan is a licensed clinical psychologist, a speaker, and a financial advisor. He serves as the Chief of Investor Behavior at Keystone Wealth Partners. Dr. Dan is passionate about helping people tap into the behaviors that bring about wealth, health, and happiness. And now, here's Dr. Dan. Hey, welcome to the Behavioral Wealth Podcast. I'm Dr. Dan. Thank you so much for joining me. I am recording this mid-December. We're in the thick of the holiday season, Christmas season, and I want to talk about Christmas colors, red and green. But I'm not talking about the garland that you have hanging on your banister. It's more the psychology of color, the psychology of seeing red or seeing green. How do you feel when you see red? How do you feel when you see red? Remember when you were in college and you got that term paper back and before even seeing the grade on it, if you just saw all of the red marks on it, you knew, ooh, this isn't going to be a good one, right? Red, red means bad. Red usually indicates danger or something's not right. Even my three-year-old Scott, right? He, he runs around, he plays, he's a rambunctious little guy. He scrapes up his knees all the time. He may be bleeding. He doesn't even remember what happened. It doesn't physically hurt him. But if he sees blood on him, he freaks out. And so a lot of times I'll see a little scratch on him with some blood and I just try to divert his attention because I know he's not hurt, he's not in pain. But if he sees red, he's going to freak out. We do the same thing when we look at our stock performance, our our portfolio performance, right? Many of you out there, you might have apps on your phone that you can quickly just log in to see how how are your stocks doing today? Well, how are your funds doing today? You know, what, just what's the market doing in general? And let's be honest with ourselves. What are you looking at when you open up that app on your phone or you log into, you know, your, your brokerage account? What are you looking at? Are, are you actually looking at the numbers? What percent is it up? What percent is it down? Or are you quickly looking at the color and then coming to a conclusion? If you see a bunch of red in there, how does that make you feel? Versus if you see a bunch of green when you log in, how does that make you feel? Well, thanks to the genius of psych research, uh, we know that when you see red, you tend to be more cautious and more conservative, especially when you see it with regard to stock performance. You know, they've done studies where they will show results of uh, of stock performance or, or stock account performance, and they'll have losses in red versus in blue or in black. And people react more strongly when they see losses in red. There's something about seeing red that freaks people out. It actually makes you more risk averse over time. If, you, if you're getting used to seeing a lot of red, you just don't even take as many risks. And uh, what we kind of know is you, you tend to just be more pessimistic about the future of investing. I'm talking specifically about investing. If, you, if you're logging in a lot and seeing a lot of red, you just you start to internalize that and feel like things aren't going to grow anyway. You, you just get more pessimistic and down. And, and there's a lot of danger in that. And the opposite can be true too, right? If you see a lot of green, you might be willing to take more risks. Um, and so the, the point being is we're just really influenced by the color that we see. And they've even done some, you know, some control uh, studies within these experiments, which is interesting. You know, folks that are colorblind that don't actually see the color red don't have as strong of a reaction when they get their, when they actually see their performance. They've also looked, you know, culturally, the people with, with a Chinese background where red is not as associated with, you know, something being bad or dangerous. And it can actually be, you know, a, a good color, brings a lot of national pride when they see the color red. They, they don't have as strong of, of a reaction as, as some of us here in the West. And so just it's, I just think it's interesting to recognize, you know, the, the impact of even just seeing a color 
uh, on our investor behavior or our financial psychology. The reason I'm even talking about this, uh, I, I had a recent conversation with someone who reached out to our firm. He wanted to have a conversation with me. Um, his driving question was, look, I have this 401k. It's not performing very well. Can you take a second look, right? Can you look under the hood? Can you kind of help me see what's going on? Um, and, and this guy is kind of in his mid-40s and is planning to work for another 20 years. So he wants his 401k to grow. He's contributing quite a bit. He was do, doing a good job saving uh, and contributing to the 401k. It just wasn't growing very well. And so he, we, we sit down and actually in the room that I'm recording in right now, we, he, we sit down, he, he slides his statements across the table to me. I look at him and, and it just took me a minute because I looked at, I looked at how he was invested. He was invested in uh, primarily bond funds and a money market account. Money market is basically a savings equivalent. This is in his 401k, in his 401k as a 40 year old, with another 20 to 30 years of working, he was invested primarily in bonds and, and money markets or, or, or savings. And so I asked him, I, I go, why, why are you invested this way? You know, not an accusatory way. If, if I, I'm the last to, to be accusatory. If you've followed this podcast at all, I have an episode where I talked about, you know, a, a, basically a similar mistake that I made for years and years and years before realizing, you know, what was going on because how you're invested is important. But with this guy, you know, I said, what, you know, what's going on? Did you get some direction? Are you working with a financial advisor? Did you have other friends at work that told you to invest like this? Like why is a 40 year old are you invested in in bonds and a money market account? And he goes, well, I don't know. I, I, I checked my account once and I saw, I saw that everything that I was invested in was red. And so I looked at all the fund options and I found the few that were, that were green. And so I moved all my money into those green accounts or, or those green funds, because I know at least those are doing well. Kind of makes sense on the surface, right? If you chasing the returns, seeing green, seeing those that are performing well. You know, a lot of us can at least sympathize with this guy, right? We can we can see where the mistake was made. Here's the kicker though. This was done in April of 2020. This is right as the pandemic's hitting, the you know, stocks are, are crashing, the, the bear market is quickly upon us, fastest bear market in history. I mean, everything just plummeted. And it was at that time that he looked at his 401k and he saw all of these stock accounts that he was invested in, all these stock funds that he was invested in were not doing well at the moment he logged in. He saw a lot of red and he freaked out. And he went and found the only green that he could find within the fund options and moved all of his money over into, into the green and what he thought was, was the best performing funds because if they're green, they must be doing well. And so when he checked a year later, he saw no growth which we know now looking back, you know, with the quickest bear market in history, we also had the quickest rebound. I mean, everything bounced back and he lost out on all of that recovery. And, and it just, it's heartbreaking to see that, but we can understand what happened, right? He logged in, he saw the red, he's in, in his brain is just telling him, Hey, red is danger. Move away from red, move to green. But we have to be careful when we're, you know, making decisions, especially with our money, based off, off of emotions and especially emotions triggered just by the color of the performance when we log in. And so, so we had a good conversation and I was able to provide some guidance. At least I, I think we had a, a fruitful conversation. But then he reached out again a few weeks later and just said, hey, look, you know, I, I followed some of the, the recommendations that you made or some of the guidance that you provided and my, my accounts are still down. You know, what's going on? 
So we had to revisit the idea of when you're investing, uh, especially when you're in your 40s and you have another 20, 30 years to work, you're, you're investing for the long run. So there's going to be day-to-day and month-to-month volatility, even year-to-year volatility. You're, you're not going to be up all the time when you're in, uh, aggressively invested. So it was a good reminder of that. But, but one thing I was able to sort of communicate, and I do think it stuck this time around, was I said, look, you, you, basically he reached out because he said he's, he lost money. He, he kind of freaked out. He goes, hey, hey, I, I followed your recommendations, but I've lost money. And I was able to show him, no, you have not lost money. Your accounts are down. You know, the, the, the share prices of all of the funds within your own 401k are, are, are smaller. They're reduced, right? The, the, the prices are falling, but you still own the shares. And as long as you have not moved that, that to cash, if you haven't actualized those losses, then, then you're, you're still in the game, right? You, you haven't actually lost anything. You still have the shares. It's just the prices are down. And as prices rebound and go back up, you're going to have that recovery. And if anything, as you continue to contribute every paycheck, like most of us do, you know, we contribute a little bit, a percent of our uh, salary w- within our paychecks. When prices are down, it's, it's, it's like we're buying things on sale. Think about Black Friday, right? You go, you, you want to buy a TV on Black Friday or or, or Cyber Monday, right? You, you go and you look for sales. Now, actually, funny story. <laughs> I suffered the loss of a TV over the holiday weekend, over Thanksgiving weekend. I had about 20 to 25 people over in my backyard. Um, I, had, I had a TV going that is mounted in the backyard. I want all of you to learn from my mistake. Don't make the same mistake that I did. And and the mistake that I made was do not rely on stucco anchored screws to mount a TV and not actually screw into a stud. If you're mounting a TV anywhere in your house, find a stud no matter how hard it is to find. I thought by putting 25 stucco anchor screws on a TV mount and hanging a TV on that, I'd be fine. And within a few weeks, it crashed down uh, and burned right in front of me, literally, it, like split in half. Uh, it was awful. Anyway, where was I going with this? Oh, okay, so I'm out of TV. So now I need, or, you know, I don't need, my goodness, I would like to replace a TV. And so I may look on Black Friday or Cyber Monday to see, are there any deals on TVs? If I go and I see that that TVs are on sale, I'll tell you what I'm not doing. I am not running to to my wife, Jordan, and saying, oh my gosh, TVs are reduced by 40%. You know, we have to go through our house and find all of the TVs within our house and get rid of them. You know, they're they're defective. The prices are down. We got to get rid of all of our TVs, right? No one does that. We don't go into a department store and see that things are on sale and then freak out and think of now we need to actually sell more because the value of these are, are depressed. No, when we see sales that triggers for us that we want to buy more of it. It's kind of the same thing when markets are down, right? If, if you've got a well-diversified portfolio and, and now you suddenly see that that there's a you know a dip in the market, that that can be an opportunity to buy more. It's, it's very similar to a sale that you would get on a Cyber Monday or a sale that you might get in a, in a department store. We don't freak out when we see that things are on sale and think that they're worth less now. We, we, you know, we think we're losing out if we're not actually buying those things. That's a, back to a little bit of the, the uh, buyer psychology that I touched on last week. So, so I guess the point is, you know, when we need to just be careful when we're seeing 
colors related to the performance of our accounts. We need to be careful of how we, within our own minds, understand and frame you know, drops in stock prices. Do we panic? Do we feel like the sky is falling? Or can we reframe it in our mind and see it as an opportunity you know, to, to maybe even buy more? Or at the very least, an opportunity that as I'm purchasing through uh, you know, 401k contributions, I, I'm, I'm getting more of them because they're on sale. So I might, the, my dollar amount that I'm contributing is the same. I'm just now buying more shares every time uh, that I'm, I'm contributing. That's the idea of dollar cost averaging. So I'll, I'll touch on that in another episode. But, but I, I do want to introduce kind of this idea of rebalancing because here, this is kind of what I'm dancing around today. This gentleman that I spoke to, he's sort of doing a reverse rebalancing with his portfolio, right? He, he had his investments. He goes to his portfolio. He sees what is down and he looks at what is up and he moved money from the the positions he had that were down and moved them into the up position because what he thought he was doing was moving out of the red into the green so he thought that was a good thing we actually need to do the reverse of that to be good investors and to be good you know rebalancers of an account so so here's here's uh, I'll see if I can lay this out again on a, on a podcast platform like this Let's assume that I'm invested in my retirement account and I'm very growth oriented. I want my money to grow. And so I might have three different holdings or three different funds in my 401k. I might have like a large cap fund, a small cap fund. So a large cap fund, looking at kind of the larger companies in the, in the US, all of these household names, these big companies that we all know, a small cap fund, which represents smaller companies, um, and an international fund. So I'm also looking at companies overseas, uh, or at least outside of the United States. So I might have these three different positions in my portfolio. And let's say I'm evenly distributed amongst those three positions. So I have 33.33% of my portfolio evenly in these three funds. Now, if I check back you know, five years later, I'm not going to have 33.33% in each of those funds because they're all going to grow differently. You know, in any period of time, one is going to grow more than, than another. They're not going to be growing identically. So to rebalance, I'm going to look at what has grown more. I'm going to take money from that position and move it into what has grown less. So I'm what I'm doing is I'm essentially selling when something is high and buying back in at something that's low. So I'm reallocating the wins in my portfolio into, I don't wanna say the losses, but into the things that aren't winning as much. And again, that can feel intuitively that I'm doing something wrong. Why would I move money out of something that seems to be winning or doing well and move it into something that's not doing well? But the idea of diversification and rebalancing is I always want to be systematically buying when things are low and selling when they're high. And when you're rebalancing an account like that, that's essentially what you're doing. It's not that intuitive with our money, but but it is intuitive with other things, right? Like if I think about how I spend my time, I'm going to use a, a similar example of how I spend my time. So so I'm you know I, I some of my identities, I, I'm a dad, right? All of you know that I'm a dad. I'm a husband, uh, and I'm also a professional. So I've got these three identities. I'm a professional, you know, Dr. Dan. I, I'm I'm a dad. I don't make my kids call me Dr. Dan. Uh, and my wife, who sometimes calls me Dr. Dan, ironically. Um, so I've got, I'm, I'm a husband, I'm a dad, I am a professional. If I am killing it, you know, with within my profession, if I'm getting, 
employee of the year, or I'm, you know, publishing papers and writing books and, you know, whatever. I, I just, I, I'm, I'm experiencing all this success as a professional, but I'm neglecting my kids. If I do an honest look at how my year is going, I'm not going to say, oh yeah, I'm killing it. I'm going to say, well, yeah, I'm having some success through work, but my kids are neglected. I need to reallocate some of my time that might be devoted to work and bring it back to my kids, be a more present and available father to them, right? You know, or if, or if I'm spending all this time with my kids and, you know, I've got young kids, so sometimes they demand my time and I, and I do have, you know, a job and that can be demanding of my time. And so maybe my wife is neglected. Maybe I'm not going out and, or being as sweet with Jordan um, as, as I can be or as, as, I, as I would like to be. And if I do an honest reevaluation of where I'm at and I see that I'm not giving a lot of time to Jordan, I need, I need to change that. I need to take some time away from something else, whether it's, you know, with, with the kids or, or at work and spend more time with Jordan and kind of reinvest in our relationship. And so when we feel out of whack or when we feel out of balance with our time, we sort of instinctively or intuitively know that we need to reallocate some of our time back into those, into those areas that are struggling. But when it comes to our money, we sort of do the opposite. If we look at a port our portfolio and we see there, that there's certain holdings that aren't doing well and other holdings that are doing great, we almost want to do the opposite. We want to we don't want it, We want to just drain the accounts or, or the the money and the funds that aren't doing well and put them all into the winners. But what we know about just the cyclical nature of of you know the the stock market and just the global economy in general is that it is cyclical and and when things are up then they they might fall or or something is is slowly growing and then it grows quickly i mean there's there's this ebb and flow within within economic growth and we want to capture those wins with a well diversified and rebalanced portfolio so i'll step off of the uh, the soapbox now but i just i just kind of want to tie that in and the the point i want to make is we have to be intentional with our money with how we're investing our money because we don't do a good job you know, naturally, we're not, we don't have an instinct to rebalance our money. We don't have the instinct to sell within our portfolio things that are, that are doing well and buy back into things that aren't doing as well. That just seems so counterintuitive to us. Whereas something like our time, it is very intuitive that if, if a part of my life is dropping, I need to, I need to, I need to refocus my time and really boost that up. So here's my three takeaways uh, for the episode and then I'll wrap us up. Number one, don't let colors influence your financial decisions or your financial behaviors. Another way to say that is don't get scared of the red. If you see red when you're logging in, that's okay. There's going to be volatility. Keep the long-term time horizon in mind in that long-term perspective, especially if you're investing for a long period of time. If you see any given day that you log in and something is red, just know that that subconsciously you, you might have a reaction to that. It might start to freak you out, but you need to, you need to know consciously that you're not going to make a decision based on the color uh, of the accounts when you, when you log in. Number two, create a systematic approach for rebalancing. So I've talked about rebalancing. If this is a new concept for you, please reach out. You, you don't have to be an ongoing paying client uh, of mine to have a conversation around how to rebalance or where to even start looking at how to do this. So I, I'm available to you all. Feel free to reach out anytime. Um, but it is important to have a systematic uh, approach to rebalancing, whether you do it, you know, quarterly or annually or whatever it may be, you know, as long as you're, you're continually looking back, knowing bef before you even see the performance on, on your holdings, that you're going to be rebalancing because everything inside of you is going to tell you to do the opposite. 
And then finally, you know, let's be honest with rebalancing our time. We're, we're getting through the holiday season here shortly. We're going to be heading into the new year. A lot of us make resolutions and, and uh, just recommit to the things that are important to us. And I would say, take an honest look at your time. How are you spending your time? Do you need to be rebalancing? Are there areas in your life that you really value? Or are there people in your, in your life that really need you that could use a little bit more of your time? And, and time is a limited resource, especially for, you know, for us, we it doesn't matter how, how rich or poor you are, you've got 24 hours in a day. And so how are you spending that time? And if we need to rebalance our time a bit, let's make a commitment to ourselves and those we love to do the best, not just with our money, but with our time. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and leave an honest review. That really helps to get the word out about behavioral wealth. And before acting on anything regarding your finances, please seek the counsel of an independent financial advisor. If you're looking for a place to start, you can check out thebehavioralwealthpodcast.com where you can schedule a free phone consultation with me to help you down the path towards behavioral wealth. Thank you so much for listening. Here's to creating the rhythm in our lives that brings about wealth, health, and happiness. I'm Dr. Dan. This was the Behavioral Wealth Podcast.